Welcome to Breakthrough with Brig, the podcast that teaches high-achieving Black women how to use thought work to break through barriers, get out of their own way, and become their best self in the most loving and sustainable way. Y'all ready? Let's dig in. Happy New Year. Hope everything is going well. I had fun doing last week's episode. I realized I was like, oh, that was a long one. I'm going to try for this one not to be as long, but I was going to talk about something else. And then I realized something very interesting. I talked about being all in and all consumed. But what I didn't talk about is... Another thing, like you can be all in versus all consumed. And if you didn't listen to that one, listen to that podcast because it was a good one. Talked about like what all consumed actually really meant and why we are sometimes afraid to say we're all in because we're confusing it with all consumed and what all consumed looks like as opposed to what all in really means. And all in is being very strategic, thinking about the all of you, all of you. And so I was thinking about it and I was like, but there is another version to that too. And that is half in versus all in. So some of us go from all in to all consumed, right? But then, all right, how many of you, while you're driving or whatever, raise your hand if you're kind of more of a, I'm half in versus all in. So let's talk about it, okay? Exploring the difference between half in and all in in pursuing your goals. So first of all, what is half in, Brig? And I'm going to define half in is when you're not fully committed or engaged in your goal or task. That's the characteristic of half in. It's a lack of enthusiasm or energy towards the goal or task. It's procrastination or avoidance behavior. It's doing just enough to get by rather than excelling, right? It's I'm going through the motions, but I'm really not engaged. I haven't really committed, right? I'm not all consumed. I'm not thinking about it constantly. I'm not like obsessing over it. Actually, I'm not thinking about it as much as I really would like to. Like it is in and out of my radar. Some days I say I want to do it and it doesn't even look like that's what I want to do. Other people would be surprised about this goal. That's how I'm kind of halfway in, right? Like some days I'm in it and some days I'm like, yeah, I'm going to sleep in, right? Let's talk about some of the reasons why you may be half in. Because I think understanding why we do something is key to us changing it. Because if we can understand the pattern, then we can have the skills and recognize, oh, that's what I'm doing. And then that means that there's an opportunity for you to change your habit loop, right? So sometimes I think it is because of a lack of clarity. And we think that lack of clarity is a bad thing. 
So we're concentrating on all the steps rather than just the next one. It's like we want all the green lights to line up so that we can go all the way with no red lights, no stops, no detours. We just want to go all the way. Like we want to get the punt return and take it all the way into the end zone. No blocks, no tackles, no short yardage, no, <laughs> no get the first goal, just go all the way down, right? And so we have clarity for what the next step is. Because even if you don't know the answer, and a lot of us for our goals, we actually, our goals are so big and so epic or all-compassing that we're like, I don't know the whole cycle on how I'm going to do there. And you're not supposed to. I think that's the problem is we think we're supposed to have so much clarity, like I know every step. And you have to think about it as marginalized identities. It's like, Failure was not a good thing. And so we tended to go into industries or things where it laid out the plan for. So a lot of us are physicians, lawyers, doctors. That's a physician, I know. You know, social workers or all the things where you're like, I go to school, I take this class, this, like there is a clear road and I know my road from here to there. After I graduate, I try to intern here. I intern here. I'm going to this. Like we know the road. But when we get on paths where we don't necessarily know the road, it may mean five different ways to get to the same place. And we spend so much time trying to figure out which of the five ways that we want to go. It's like, I don't know the next step, but you actually do. You just don't may not know the step after that. But the way you uncover the step after that is to take the first step. So a lot of times we're half in because we don't know all the steps. How about go all in on the next step, right? And do that all in, get the feedback and then mysteriously, the next step will come because you'll have feedback, right? The next reason why I think we don't necessarily go all in is because we lack expectancy. Expectancy is another way for saying belief, but belief is believing it, but expecting it to happen to you, that it is going to happen to you is a big deal for us as marginalized identities. It's like it's for them or other people, but it's a great idea and I know it will work, but will it work for me? Understand that distinction. You may have a great vision and you know it is the bomb of a vision. You know it will work, but you haven't put that it will work and that it will work for you. Like you are expecting it to work for you. You are deserving of it. You can do it. You have the capacity to do it. You have the knowledge to do it. That expectancy is huge. And we weren't taught to expect good things to happen to us for a lot of us, nor that we have the authority to create some shit, right? And so I call this the authority gap. It's like, this is a great idea, and do I have the authority to just say I'm going to do something that has never been done before? 
And if we don't give ourselves the authority to say this is good because it's never been done before, so there's no template. So you're riding on just your belief and your knowledge without any validation because there's nothing around you to validate it. Do you have the authority to do that? Have you given yourself permission to believe in some shit that no one else has ever created? Have you given yourself the authority to do that? And if you have, then your expectancy will be high. But if you haven't, if you're like, I don't know if I have the power, like who am I to think of this and to think that I can do this, then your expectancy of this is low, all right? And a lot of times we are taught to look to history, like if it's been done before, then we can do it. But there is always the first person who runs the four minute mile. Yes, there are everybody afterwards that runs it, but there's always that first person Do you dare to be that first four-minute miler and have the audacity to expect that you can do that? Even though everybody's saying the human body cannot run that fast, that is thoroughly impossible. Now there are races where no one comes in over that because everybody is coming in under the four-minute mile pace, right? Like that's the standard now, whereas before it wasn't. Are you a standard maker and breaker? And do you have the audacity and the authority to empower yourself to believe at that level and expect it? Because that's kind of audacious. And we have been taught as marginalized brains not to be too big for our britches, right? Not to get think too high and mildly of yourself because that visibility brings with it its own set of problems which is understandable. But right now, the problem that causes it is internally because we're not even giving ourselves the chance to believe because we're not expecting it. This expectancy is so huge and it's why it is one of the variables in my daily diagnostic tool that I give my clients. It's an assessment that we can use to detect problems in your achievement of goals and the things that you want to do so you know exactly where it is you need to focus on, where you need to coach yourself, where you need to guide yourself. And if you ever want to know why you're not moving, do the daily diagnostic and it'll show you exactly why. And it helps my clients make so much sense of where they are and they understand like, oh, the only thing I need to do is work on this, not anything else, but like, oh, it's my expectancy, right? Another reason why we may be half in, this is an interesting one, is intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. So Edward Desi and Richard Ryan pioneered the self-determination theory. In that theory, they discovered that intrinsic motivation which is motivation from within and it's internally created is much more effective than extrinsic motivation in every situation except for when it comes to survival. And this kind of goes with that thought that I was having with in the podcast from going from good to gooder. It's the motivational triad when we're trying to get out of bad situations, right? When we're first like, oh, I want to get through school. And I like that first success milestone for a lot of us, 
the motivational triad was working with us. It was like a tailwind because we were leaving pain. We were going towards pleasure and it was painful to stay the same. So staying the same was motivated, was the least of our motivation, right? And so once we've done that, that's survival and that's extrinsic motivation, meaning like, yes, I'm going to get some money. Like the first time I was like going to school, it was like money was the thing. I literally put on my fridge job openings for jobs as an anesthesia provider because I was externally motivated. Like I was hurting financially. I was in survival mode. I was a mom single with a four-year-old, a six-year-old, and an eight-year-old. So for me, I was in survival mode. So that extrinsic motivation was huge. But once I became anesthesia, was doing well, making my six figures, and it was time for me to make another decision. External motivation, how much money I was going to make, was not the motivation. It was not because I was no longer in survival. It had to be intrinsic. It had to be, who was I going to become? It had to be, this is an opportunity that I'm giving to myself, whether I make it or not. It had to be something that I owned autonomously, internally. It wasn't a house, a car. It wasn't anything about, it was about being a gift for myself. It was something I wanted to do, right? That's the difference because now it's intrinsic. So when we're in survival, extrinsic motivation dominates, meaning external validation. Oh, you did such a good job. External rewards. Oh, you got the house, the money. Okay. But as we grow in our success, our motivation to do things changes. And what motivated you at one stage doesn't do it at another. And so many times I'm telling my clients, like what got you to where you are isn't going to work to get you to the next level. But the problem is that worked. So we go back to our former winning strategy as the book on power talks about. That winning strategy no longer works because you are now at a different level. So therefore the motivation switches from external to intrinsic motivation. Extrinsic motivation is defined as motivation to participate in an activity based on meeting an external goal, garnering praise and approval, winning a competition, or receiving an award or payment. It can also be ones that's given to you by your boss, friends, or family, okay? However, there's a caveat to this. And the science looked even more closely. They found that there was a difference between what they call controlled motivation and autonomous motivation. An autonomous motivation is a type of intrinsic motivation. If you are manipulated, pressured, or hoodwinked, as I like to say, into doing something, that's controlled motivation. Well, think about it. When your spouse is the one that wants you to lose weight or get the job, when your kids want you to do something, when your parents wanted you to be the doctor, but you actually didn't, like when you're manipulated, pressured, or hoodwinked into doing something, that is controlled motivation which is a form of external motivation. 
it's something you feel that you have to do, right? So when your boss gives you something, that's something you feel like you have to do. You know these goals that your family and friends and everybody motivate you by and it garners you external validation like, oh, look at my son. He's the such and such. Look at my daughter. She's the such and such. That is what we're going to call controlled motivation, which is extrinsic. So the reason may be that you're half in is because you haven't owned this goal. It's not an autonomous motivation. Intrinsic, it is a controlled motivation, meaning someone else kind of is pulling the levers, not you. This podcast is sponsored by Brick Johnson Coaching. Hey, I have some exciting news for all of my high achieving women out there. That's right. I get the emails and DMs from you guys saying you wish you were my target market. I understand. We need great allies too. And we need allies with well-managed minds. Well, I've listened. So this offer is for you too, because it's a one-on-one offer. So if you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, you're a woman of color or not, or an ally. If you're tired of feeling like you can't do more, I'm here to help. My one-on-one six-month coaching program is designed specifically for you. Together, we will work on strategies to help you manage your stress and help you achieve your goals. Because women quitting on their dreams is just not an option. And this is what my six-month program can do for you. Instead of time management, we will uncover why you manage your time the way you are so that you can prioritize self-care, giving you more time to do the things you love. Are you struggling with imposter syndrome? Are you anxious with a chaotic mind? I get it. We target the root causes of imposter syndrome, helping you gain the confidence and self-assurance to pursue your goals and succeed in your career and your personal life. Do you struggle with communication issues, difficulty expressing yourself effectively, or asserting your needs professionally or personally? You'll learn to cultivate a positive relationship with yourself. We'll work on the why this issue is for you, why this is happening, helping you resolve the inner conflict so that you can easily take care of the external conflict with others. When it comes to communicating your needs, you don't need another communication class on how to resolve clients' issues. Once you uncover your hidden conditioning, you will have the skills to build stronger, more productive relationship with colleagues, clients, and ultimately leading to greater success and growth in your business and personal life. Listen, if you're a high-level woman ready to cultivate more meaningful and fulfilling relationships, both with yourself and others, and you take your business and professional growth seriously and you want to take it to the next level, you and your relationship with you and your brain is your greatest asset. My coaching program is perfect for you. You don't have to continue putting others first and neglecting your own needs and desires in the process. Because remember, you are your greatest asset. Let's work together to create a life that you enjoy of connection and success. 
If this interests you, reach out, book a breakthrough call at brickjohnson.com forward slash breakthrough. Again, brickjohnson.com forward slash breakthrough. Look forward to talking to you. Autonomous motivation is the opposite because it is a choice. It's how we make the goals assigned to us. Ours is the key to this. So sometimes when your boss is giving you a goal and you're like, I have to do this because he gave it to me, I think that will produce half in efforts. However, if you're like, I want to be the best at this, I want to show up because this is a challenge and I want to show up in a different way to meet this challenge. Now that goal becomes yours and now it is intrinsic and now you can be all in. But sometimes we are half in because it is not an autonomous motivation, but it is one coming from a controlled motivation, right? It is not yours. So, so many of my clients are like, they have these businesses or they have these goals or they have these these job titles and there's things that they have to do that they're like, oh my God, I don't want to do it. And sometimes only thing I need to do is remind them that they chose this position. They chose this goal and this is the other 50 that comes with it. And it's that kind of flip that switches it from a controlled motivation, meaning they, my clients, my customers, my boss, my employees are making me do this to I am choosing to do this because this is my goal, which is a autonomous motivation. So sometimes it is the simple mindset shift, doing the same thing, but for a different mindset. And we can go from being half in to being all in. But remember, when we are in survival, that external drive is powerful, okay? But once we move past survival, which a lot of us are, that intrinsic motivation becomes more useful. It's knowing why you do something. It's not outcome-based. It may be process-based. It may not be, I want to make the million dollars. It could be, I want to be the person that creates that million dollars. Because once you do it, like the money may not be the motivator anymore. Once you get to a million, to do three million is like, uh, uh, okay, whatever, right? And so therefore it has to become an intrinsic motivation. Who do you want to become? Why is this? What is this purpose? What's the bigger purpose for what you're doing? And sometimes labeling that is what helps you pull it. It's the thing that helps us pull out and do what we need to do because we have to be motivated in order to put up with the bullshit that comes with doing epic shit because epic shit doesn't come without bullshit. Sorry. So epic shit brings shit. (laughs) That needs to be a podcast in and of itself, right? So we need our intrinsic motivation to be strong so that when we're asking ourselves, is it worth it? Our answer is yes, because this is who I want to be. This is why I want to be there. Because you're no longer in survival mode. So that dangling three million when you're already at a million is not going to work. Dangling president when you're already vice president isn't going to work. Dangling 10 more pounds when you're already at 30 pounds down isn't going to work. 
dangling a relationship, a marriage when you're already engaged isn't going to work, right? So it's what is it intrinsically? What do you want? Because it's not going to be the external thing unless you are still in survival mode, unless you think that thing is the thing that's going to make you whole, complete, and all of that. You're in that kind of thing. So a strong purpose actually chemically changes the area of our brain or calms the area of our brain that is geared towards the negative and increases the firepower of the area of our brain for executive function. So the more we make our vision clear, the more we stay in our purpose, that in and of itself changes the firing of our brain where that negative part of our brain that is like geared towards negative and showing us and who do you think you are, that dampens that area and puts more energy in our executive function area, the one that can put off delay gratification and choose for the future. So therefore, doing the vision work physically changes your brain. That is another reason why vision is a part of my daily diagnostic so that you can see where you are in it. There are certain variables that I have in this daily diagnostic that are important and key. And if we look at them daily, what gets measured gets managed. So we get to manage where we are, but we can't manage where we are if we're not measuring, right? There's a verse that says, without vision, our people perish. I'm going to say, without vision, our dreams perish as well. So does your dream, is it based on your survival? If it's not based on your survival, then you have to plan for it to come into life because our biology is working against us at this point unless you have a purposeful, big, very clear vision for what you want to do. If not, your biology is working against us. That's why this science matters. And that's why I add these variables to that daily diagnostic and in my coaching program, because I'm wanting biology to be on our side. We don't need to work against biology in the world too, as black women. So how do we apply this? If you've lost your motivational mojo, try finding what intrinsically motivates you. I've talked about that enough. Create a process-driven over outcome-driven goals. So therefore, you are always winning. It's not the amount of money you make. Did I hit my DMs for the day? I said I was going to reach out to 10 people. Did I do that? Yes. Whether or not someone booked or not, I followed the process, so therefore I am winning. That's the difference. Did I hit my macros for the day? Did I work up three times today at a RPE of seven, right? Then I am proud of myself, regardless of whether or not the scale went down, okay? Did I spend time and date my spouse this week? Did I call them or text them? Did I do words of encouragement. How many times did I do that? Regardless of whether they enjoyed it, appreciated it, or said thank you, I did the process, right? Not the outcome. That's the difference. Understand that the way you accomplish your goals may change. And if you're still using that whip and chain, it may be time for a difference, 
right? That combative talking bad about yourself is not going to work when you're not in survival. It's just not. So if you're staying stuck, this could be the reason why. If you're half in, this could be the reason why. How can you own your goal, right? Like how can you own the goal so it's process written? If it's given to you by someone else, how can you decide that that is what you want to do, okay? All right, embracing the all in. All in is fully committed, engagement, passionate for your goals, high energy, enthusiasm, proactive step towards goal achievement, and you're strategic. You plan for the obstacles in advance. This is what I'll do when I have no energy or no time. This is my priority baseline. At the least, I'm going to do this. It's consistent effort and resilience in the face of challenges. Remember my podcast from last week, when I was like consistent over constant, right? Consistent over time. Like I'm going to run three times a week, okay? In the book, The Power of Full Engagement by Jim Lowell and Tony Swartz, this was written in 2005. And I still remember this book because it was one of the changing points in how I thought about me and my life. Because it was the first time I realized like, oh, it's not time management, it's energy management. And I started getting really clear on, I need to manage my energy. And they described full engagement or all in as the skillful management of energy, individual and organizational, makes it possible for something that we can call full engagement. To be fully engaged, we must be physically energized, emotionally connected relationships to ourselves and others, mentally focused, reduced cognitive load, and spiritually aligned with a purpose beyond our immediate self-interest. Again, that word purpose comes back in. Full engagement requires drawing on four sources of energy, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Because energy capacities diminishes both with overuse and with underuse. Both with overuse and with underuse. That's why my numbers look better when I exercise regularly than when I don't. And for a lot of us, there's like stress. Like it's amazing that when I stress my body, my body actually benefits because underuse diminishes my energy capacity just as much as overuse. We must balance our energy expenditures with intermittent energy renewal, okay? As I said, after reading this book way back in 2005, I began looking into energy management as a measure of being all in, understanding that lacking in one area like a misaligned gate will cause overuse and eventually break down in another area, right? Like if your hip is out, then you're going to have this kind of problem, right? Because we overcompensate and then you have a problem in another area. Therefore, all in looks like total health of the goal in four areas and we protect the energy renewal. That's why I have a 14-day energy challenge that I run with my clients sometimes too, to highlight the need to protect the energy as a way of us being all in. Half in doesn't look at the whole. 
the energy centers and protect them. They don't see that a lack in the physical will eventually show up mental. Um, a lack in the emotional or in their relationships will eventually show up in the mental. And this is why I like a holistic approach to goal achieving. When we are cognizant of our energy centers, we show up for our goals much more powerfully. And this is being all in. So here are some questions you can ask yourself. Am I excited about working on this goal daily? Why or why not? Do I find myself making excuses or procrastinating frequently? Okay, I don't have clarity. I don't know the next step. Do I know my next step? Because that's what this procrastinating, that's all it is needed. Procrastinating is simply, I don't know or haven't given myself clarity. Am I investing my best efforts or doing the minimum? Am I fully engaged? Have I involved all the spheres, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual? What's holding me back from being all in? Is it I do not believe and I don't have the expectancy? Is it my vision or purpose is not clear? Is it that my goal or is it someone else's goal, right? And how can I make it mine if it was someone else's? moving myself to in a more autonomous thing. It's important that when we're doing these questions that we tell ourselves the truth and we give honest assessment because it plays a major role in self-awareness and personal growth starts with awareness. Okay, so here's some actionable steps to move from half in to all in. Reevaluate your goals. Ensure they align with your values and passions and purpose. Create a plan. Break down your goals into manageable steps, meaning all we need to know is the next step. And remember, we're all in. So we're going to plan for the obstacles in all of the areas, emotional, physical, spiritual, and mental. Seek support. Whether it's coaching, mentoring, or peer support, and I think you need all of the above, find someone who can hold you accountable and motivate you. Focus on mindset. Remember that shift from intrinsic, right? When it's autonomous motivation versus controlled motivation, it's just a switch of mindset. I'm choosing this. This is why I chose this, right? Work on shifting your mindset to one of growth and possibility. Ensure you are intrinsically motivated. Is your goal outcome or process based? And how can you incorporate both? Do you have a system that measures your resources and drains? This is key because what gets measured gets managed. And we want to manage our energy. We can't manage what we don't measure. Is your recovery prioritized? I teach this to my clients because it is so important. And I teach this in my six months to up-level you one-on-one coaching. So all of this to say, all-in isn't all-consumed without strategy or taking into account your well-being. And all in ain't half in with no plan or doing things only when you feel like it or it's convenience. Like me calling myself a convenience runner. Like if I'm training for a marathon, I am all in. I am hitting 
just about every running thing. I'm supposed to run at least three times. I try to run four times a week. I am hitting them. I am going. If it's like today, it's cold. And I'm already thinking, let me get this podcast over with because I need to get on the treadmill because it's cold outside and I'm not running outside, but I have a treadmill in my house so that I can do my runs anyway, which means I have to pay for a treadmill. Okay. But the reason why I do this is because how I feel during the race, before the race and after the race, if I have trained adequately When my legs are sore, when it's tired, or when it literally starts snowing, because there has been a time where I went out for a half marathon and it started snowing, I know I'm prepared and I am going to stay the course. If I'm half in and wasn't hitting my runs, whatever, it's more than likely I'm going to call the SAG team and I'm going to be like, I'm out of here, right? And I'm going to quit. That's it. That is the truth. I know it, it shows up in my running every time. I can tell how I feel by how much I train and how prepared I am. And this is the same thing with us for our epic shit. How well we're prepared to get to that next level, to break through our success plateaus is how much did I train? Was I all in? Did I cover all four of those areas? Did I prioritize my recovery? Did I plan for it? Did I measure and manage my energy? All right, guys. I hope that helped. Let's not be half in. Let's be all in. And for sure, let's not be all consumed. But all in, meaning we can have the life that we want, experience the life that we want, and challenge ourselves at the same time. Hope this helped. Join my newsletter. Tips like this and more will be in there. These questions will be in my newsletter. So if you didn't have them or you didn't write them down, that's okay. It will be in the upcoming newsletter and you can have these questions and the tips and actionable steps will all be in that too. Subscribe on the website, brigjohnson.com to the newsletter. And I will see you guys next week. All right. Bye. Did you enjoy this podcast where I have a personal invitation? I want to spend time with you, coach you, talk about the issues that are affecting you. We do this in a community we call the Melanin Hour, created just for us high-achieving Black women. You can register at brickjohnson.com forward slash coaching. And don't forget, Deeply Rooted is where we put all this shit together. We immerse ourselves and we master this. Six months, you, me, and a bunch of women that look like you and got a little melanin in them. (laughs) That's Deeply Rooted. You can register for the wait list at brickjohnson.com forward slash group. Hope to see you there. Bye.